Hey, when does the show start? Hey, wait a minute. <gasps> First, let's hear from our sponsors. Oh, okay. In just a minute. Look, do you need a defense attorney? Go with the best in the business. That is Aurora Law Firm. You hear Manny Aurora on the show a couple times a month, currently representing Anna Delvey, the real one from the Inventing Anna Netflix documentary. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, but practices nationwide, has handled litigation in over 19 different states and has represented many clients uh, in the celebrity field, you know, as well as professional athletes, law enforcement agents, lawyers, uh, politicians, you name it. Manny and his crew have been there and done that. And they can help you as well if you're in need of a defense attorney. As a former prosecutor, Manny Aurora understands the other side of the case. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. That's the website. TheAuroraLawFirm.com. If you have a question for Manny when he makes a stop with the BS, you can leave a message on our hotline, 404 369 3825. Or the show's social media and get all that information off podcastthebs.com. How would you like your monthly mortgage payment taken care of for all of 2023? Well, after Stockton Mortgage's Dave Flashner's tip of the day, you'll find out. Rising interest rates is obviously a big topic. I always say, marry the home, date the rate. Meaning, you can't change the sales price, but you can always refinance. When you close your home loan purchase or refinance with Stockton Mortgage, you'll be automatically entered into a mortgage-free sweepstakes. One prize winner will be chosen to have Stockton Mortgage cover their monthly mortgage payment up to $2,500 per month in 2023. A home loan or refinance might be one of the most important transactions you'll ever make in your life. Go with someone that's reliable, knowledgeable, trustworthy, and always on call. Dave Flashner, Stockton Mortgage, 561-951-0984. That's 561-951-0984. Stockton.com slash Dave dash Flashner. Look, my wife sells houses for a living, and she always tells her clients that are selling their house, if you want to upgrade your property value, you got to do something with the kitchen and or the bath. And it, you don't have to be selling your house to upgrade the kitchen and bath. It's just something nice to do, and it upgrades the property value tremendously. That's why I'm telling you about UCI Kitchen and Bath, which has been Atlanta's number one cabinet, granite, and quartz fabricator, plus installer for the past 20 years, servicing all of Georgia, parts of Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Florida. It is a one-stop shop for you. You can pop into their showroom in Norcross, Georgia, and you can see their design team, meet their design team, and watch how they'll transform your kitchen and bathroom into this beautiful and functional environment to fit your personality, right? Uh, plus all the latest trends. They've got displays there. So it might give you some good ideas. It's a one-stop shop. As I said, UCI Kitchen and Bath also provides installation, whatever you buy. Let's save you some cash. Mention the BS, you get 10% off regular-priced countertops. So save some money. Mention the Bailey Show podcast, 10% off regular-priced countertops. UCI Granite. Dot com. I love people. All right, all right, all right. The BS presents Let's Talk To. People are strange when you're a stranger. I cannot wait to see who it is. Oh, wait. Oh, I hope it's Frank Sinatra's ghost. Oh. Podcastthebs.com. It's better than radio. And I got to ask, like before when we got Margie Haber on to our, to our booker, to art, I said, is it Margie or Margie? Because my 
high school sweetheart was Margie, and she'd get upset. That was me. Oh, well, you've changed so much, Margie. Well, I got a little older, <laughs> and I and you were with you were obviously very into older women when you were young. I still am. I might so, I, my two Hollywood crushes. Nate, yeah. would you like to tell Margie? Uh, Judge Judy and Betty White. Yes. Rest in peace. Rest well, in I peace. knew Betty White. I knew Betty White. Oh, God. Amazing woman. Tell us how great my, she was. My, my, well, my friend was her, um, obviously her agent, Jeff Witches, for 50 years. And whenever you saw Betty, you would see Jeff. Always. He, would, he had white hair. He was always around her. Um, and she was just... What a what a what a woman! What a what a life she had. Margie's got a, a new book, uh, "Fuck Your Comfort Zone." But on the book, it's, it doesn't say "fuck," but it says "fuck your it comfort does. zone." No, it, it does. This is this is Oh, it does. Well, yeah, but it's got the asterisk, is what I'm saying. You know, it says, oh yeah, it doesn't oh, yeah. have the U. Uh, Margie has taught and trained thousands, coached hundreds of corporate <clears throat> religious, trained thousands of actors. Political mm-hmm. leaders, religious leaders, public leaders. You are one of Hollywood's top acting coaches. One and, of? Well, that's what it says. I mean, I <laughs> wait till you get to my own personal opinion. Margie is Hollywood's most distinguished and seasoned acting coaches. There's no one Ooh, that even comes close work. to Margie. Um, and you're also an actress yourself and a casting director. You know, you've done it all, right? I mean, you, you've done some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, long, long yeah. time ago when you, when you and I dated. Yeah. Well, and I will never forget, especially losing my virginity to you. I mean, that was a really big oh, night for me. That's good. That's a lot of information for everybody to have. Is this in Atlanta? Uh, well, it's in Atlanta, but worldwide as the internet spreads. Yes. That's everybody's yeah. listening to our relationship from back in the day, Margie. I taught in Atlanta, so I, I had a studio in Atlanta, so I know about you Atlanta people. Oh, don't consider, I, no offense to my, my Atlanta people. I love my Atlanta, but I'm, I'm a northerner, Florida transplant to Georgia. Oh, me too. Yeah. Florida? I, was, I lived in Miami Beach, Bay Harbor Island. Yeah. Grew up there. Yeah. I grew up in Long Island, New York. Yeah. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're a New Yorker, Jersey, Philly, you're somewhere. I'm there. a New York Jew from the very beginning. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Marylander that likes blue crabs and football, but my agent is a Long Island Jew. Uh, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I get it. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so let, let's, let's talk about you and then we'll get into the book and stuff because um, I got to be honest with you, you know, for, for all the years I've done radio, which is almost three decades. I have always wanted, this is a true story, I've always wanted to talk to a cast, uh, not a casting director, but a, a, a talent coach, uh, an acting coach, especially at your level, because that room, it must, I mean, you have to have a certain confidence about yourself when an A-list actor, a Brad Pitt, somebody walks into your house and you have to tell that person they're doing it wrong. Here's a better way to do it. You have to have a thick skin and a really good set of confidence on you. You know? Well, I shall comment on that. Please. There are all different type of acting coaches. Uh, there, I mean, I am a guru, but I'm a nice guru. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big difference. I studied with some of the really intense challenging ones lee strasberg was always challenging because when i used to work with lee in the 70s before you were born um he was um scary you know you would uh, he would call people up and i was on scholarship there and so he, i would never i'd be the last one called up and the secretary would say oh margie haber all right, all right, all right, all right. 
you know, so it was always like, oh my God, is he going to recognize me? It was a very much of that, that he was on top here, all the way up there. And then there's little Margie at the bottom of the totem pole. Uh, and which I say to my students, the actors think they're on the bottom of the totem pole, but there would be no totem pole without them. Mm-hmm. Then I studied with a man named Milton Casellas, which was um, frightening. Uh, he was a Scientologist. I'm not. He would start the class off with an ethics officer that would come in and check out everybody in class. And, and if you did anything wrong, he would out you. And I prayed he wouldn't call on me because there was 150 people in a class. I would sit there like this and say, and I'm not like this as a human being. Already you know that, right? I mean, I'm out, I'm open. But he scared me because he was never safe. I'm not that kind of a, uh, because I've had so many uh, bad examples with, for myself with really terrifying gurus. To me, a guru, which is what I am, is someone who's really knowledgeable in this one area of my life that I'm just as, can I say it, fire trucked? Sure. Or as fucked up as you guys are. Yeah. You I know, mean, all so, are. Speak, speak the truth, all. Margie. Speak the truth. <laughs> well, I do. I just, I just got off of a show and they, and they made me say bleep. You're kind of, it was a live TV show. Bleep. Bleep. And it was hard for me to go bleep. I, 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 I want you to tell a story of a, an actor or an actress of name that comes to you and there's a specific skill level or skill set that they need work on for a big movie of name that if it weren't for you, they would have not performed as well as they did. I, that's a big question. Yeah, that's a good Someone one. Someone that I worked with, well... So many, <laughs> but just give me like you know. I, mean, that- and I think if you think about well-known name people, uh, I would say that I, I wouldn't. I would like to say I would say I help people become who they've become. I would say that more than anything. I say I would. I've helped them like Tiffany Haddish. You know, is from Atlanta. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's teaching in Atlanta, working in Atlanta all the time. I just did a podcast. I have my own podcast, by the way. Uh, do you really? What, yeah, smoke it up. Yeah. What is it? Uh, uh, well, well, it's uh, called Fuck Your Comfort Zone. <laughs> like of course it. it would be. And it's um, and it's uh, in its second season. And it's uh, But this is the new name of it. it. used to be called something else. Now we switched the names for it. Uh, and she just started the second series. So she's on. It's a really good. It's a great opportunity for people to listen to Tiffany and I. We're very, very uh, tight. And... Um, it's, it's an example. I would not say that I don't, I wouldn't don't have that kind of an ego that said if I didn't do it, they would never, well, they wouldn't, but I didn't, wouldn't want to share that. I would say to you that people like Tiffany Haddish, who um, I worked with 10 years ago is uh, a great example of somebody who came into my studio only using a mask of humor. And in my book, right? Fuck your comfort zone. In my book, there's a chapter. Does your armor serve you? And her armor was, y'all, come on, let me just have fun here. I'm just having a good time, playful child. And I said, you know, there's something more underneath that for you. No, I don't want to do drama. Why would I want to do drama? I'm, I'm here to do, I'm here to do this. I'm here to do, you know, I said, well, because I believe in you. I believe there's a lot of layers underneath. What we all do is we have a mask to keep us safe, right? Mm-hmm. And her, you know, some of them, sometimes it's humor. Sometimes it's indifference. Sometimes it's, um... Uh, anger. And when you remove that wall, this is beautiful vulnerability, right? Sadness and pain and love, fear, all that stuff is there. When we're afraid to let people see the truth of ourselves, <clears throat> sorry, the truth of ourselves, then what ends up happening is we cover that beauty. 
And so I gave her permission to remove it. And uh, she's done great dramas now, as well as comedy. She works all the time. And I think it's, uh, yeah, that would be a good example, I guess, of somebody who I think I stretched her comfort zone. Well, I'll tell you, in my opinion, one of the most underrated, best comedies of all time is so underappreciated is Night School with Tiffany Haddish and Mm -hmm. Kevin Hart. And I can only imagine, and Rob, uh, Rob, what, uh, big Rob, big Rob, uh, but, uh, oh, and, and Romney Malco, who I'm a huge fan of, um, that movie is brilliant shot in Atlanta, but that movie was absolutely brilliant. And I think that was the time that Kevin Hart was going through all the media crap with, uh, cheating or something like that. Cause if you watch his documentary, it's all happening at the same time. So probably on the set was a little tense. That's when I fell in love with Tiffany Haddish. That movie, she steals the show, without a doubt. Well, she did one of my favorite show movies that she did last year was with Billy Crystal, and um, because you see, with and I talk about this with the podcast with that I did with her, with with Tiffany, is he's an incredible man, Billy. He's a sweet, kind, wonderful soul, and she trusted him. So when he in the, in the movie um, he has he's getting dementia, and so she's got to be able to deal with that. And and she didn't have to worry about crying. You know, actors go, "Oh, I just want to cry in this line. If I cry in this line, then then I'll be a success." No, but no, human beings don't want to cry. We, that's not our goal. So why does an actor have to walk into the room and pray to God that they can can cry? No. We human beings don't want to cry, but what happens is when we, the relationship is so powerful and so strong, we tend to then not be able to control it, and we crack, and that's what's beautiful. And she cracked beautifully in, in, that, uh, in that movie. That was one of my favorite things that she's done. Brandon here on the show, was, he's the youngest. He's 23. And he's, 23? Yeah, he's, 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 not that's the, me. he's not the smartest oh guy God, in the world. That's young. But he's always, he's always had a dream of, of, of being a sex symbol actor. <laughs> and uh, he, he's, he's looking for a place to start, and he can't find it in Noonan, Georgia. Any, any advice, Margie? <laughs> Well, first of all, that's a hell of a, a goal in your life. Um, keep working on it. Uh, I, I mean, you know, it's ironic that you say that because I had a big book launching party yesterday. Um, and it was fantastic. I had a couple hundred people that showed up and I looked so good. That's all I can know. Good makeup, good hair. That's what counts in life, right? Mm-hmm. And um, all of my, act, you know, a lot of my actors, they're, they're on series, um, they should, like Brandon Scott, who's a wonderful actor. He's on Goliath and Dead to Me, and you know, um, and Sue Ampien, who's on. Uh, who's a, I mean, there are so many wonderful series regular people that showed up yesterday, um, and they're all so gorgeous. All my actors are. I mean, they're gorgeous, right? They're young. I mean, they're some of them are in their twenties and thirties and whatever. And the, I'll have to get you the pictures. It's so magnificent, and each one of them have had experiences where they're where someone wired to hire them because they were beautiful and which is so unfortunate because they're more talented than they are beautiful uh and there's some crazy stuff that goes on with that to me it's about can you really be vulnerable can you really be open see being open is beautiful to me and sexy has got to do with being with your personality 
Brandon, you're fun and you're playful. To me, that's sexy. Brandon, so are you sexy, Brandon? Do you yeah. have a good personality? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty open about everything. And sometimes I say stuff that I probably shouldn't, but then I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's out there now. It's yeah, but good. are you vulnerable? That's what she's saying. Like, you gotta, oh. you've got to say something of the vulnerability that nobody's seen before. You have to tell Margie, you'd be, you know, when I was young, I lost a pet gerbil. And it mm. crushed me to the point where I needed therapy. You know, or something, I mean, to just open up. I shot a uh, a pigeon on Easter fifteen times with a BB gun, and I felt bad about it. Yeah, but that, well, that's, that's not screaming. bad about it. It's important. It's not vulnerable. Yeah, that's not vulnerable. That's 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 uh, psychotic. That's still it's going into a Catholic <laughs> priest and telling him your sins. <laughs> I think outing yourself is a good thing. I think I think you know in my book everybody outs themselves and what they're what they have what has been challenged for them in their life. So. If you out yourself, you you are, and you're open. Yeah, to me, everything is about intimacy, connection, mm. being authentic, being allowing yourself to have fun, be playful. So I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of your, I guess we call them students, right? I mean, and these are big name actors and actresses. You know, not just Tiffany Haddish and Brad Pitt, but Halle Berry was named in, in the information that I, that's online Kyle for you. Chandler, Vince Vaughn. Now, Vince Vaughn, I'm such a fan of. Uh, we have a mutual friend in Steve Byrne, and I always ask Steve about Vince because Vince has a style of comedy that he's openly talked about where he repeats a word, a buzzword, which makes the story funnier and funnier. Does he learn that from you or uh, or an acting coach, or is that something that he learns and then he comes to you and then you support it and make it bigger? Well, I worked with Vince when he was very young. So Vince was a skinny, tall stream bean when I worked with him he was he you know he was just starting out he came in big guy big guy and um you know the, I mean when they're young you know Brad Pitt was on Thelma and Louise when I worked with him during I mean I I helped him on that audition for it uh when these people start out with me you know the people that Tiffany Haddish I work with Tiffany Haddish continually through the through this time but people in the beginning of their careers like Kyle Chandler and Tiffany Haddish and um, and Vince Vaughn and Mirska Hardike, who's a mm. fantastic law and order. Oh. <laughs> uh, these fantastic. These people, when they come to me, they're they're young. They're they're open. There's a there's an if factor that I could see with them, which I've met thousands and thousands of actors, right? Thousands. I've worked with thousands and thousands because I've been doing this a hundred years. So all these times, why them? The ones that I just mentioned is there is this trust that they have with me and with other people to share what is unique about them. We call that charisma, what's unique about them. And most people are afraid of it. I mean, all of you, you know, this is not an acting book I wrote. You know, this book that I wrote is a book that act, you know, Fuck Your Comfort Zone is a book that actors need to use because it teaches them how to, okay, I got to look at the truth of myself. You know, what all about know myself first before I can live a character's life. You know what I'm saying, Jason? Know myself first before I can live a character's life. So that's that's important. That's great. And when you realize that, but human beings, this book is for everybody. So when you realize, you know, that, oh, you know what? I have, I am, I am, my, my critical parent is so loud, all right, that I'm not able to walk into a room without feeling fearful, 
Get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when is that in your life? I mean, maybe not here, obviously. All of you are, you know, feel good here. But where, Jason, in your life, does your critical parent come out? Where well, does your fearful child come out? Well, I'll tell you, and this is one of the reasons I was very excited to, to have you on the show, because the idea of the comfort zone for anybody, I don't care if you're yeah. in the entertainment business or, or what have you, there's always been for me the idea of walking through the anxiety wall, the uncomfortable wall. And that, and that could be, you know, doing an appearance. And I love getting in front of people and I love getting on a microphone. And I've said this numerous times, but every single time before I said a word, there would be that, you know, I'm getting on a roller coaster feeling. Yeah. And you have to, at that, at that, at that time, you're, you're one of two people. You're the person that backs away and says, I, I can't do it right now. I can't do it. Or you're the person like your book says, fuck your comfort zone and walks through that force field and accomplishes that. And if you walk through it, and this is just my own personal opinion, I I promise you, you will not fail. Because even if you do feel like you failed, you've succeeded by walking through that wall. Right. So it's it's right that you said that, Jason, because I'm going to read something at the back of my book from a a quote from somebody, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, I'll tell you who this is. I was defined by perfectionism. I was afraid to be imperfect. There was no room for mistakes or vulnerability until I met Margie Haber. She gave me permission to be human. The man who wrote that quote, who's also in this book, is a guy named Hattis Tadis, and he's the director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Wow. So here's a big macha, as we say in Jewish, a big macha guy, mm-hmm. right, who is always, I mean, there are people that are listening right now, and, I, and all of us are, stuck in being perfect, that if they dot their I's and cross their T's, and if they don't, they're unhappy. And they're always chasing that perfectionism. And he knew that no matter how successful, I mean, the guys that goes back from Africa to Seattle, back from Africa to Seattle all the time, he took off three weeks to come to L.A. at that time. You know, we didn't have Zoom. Now anybody can study with us because we have Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. But that's what happened with, the, with this world right now. So, um, but he came to me because we do a program, an international studies program, and he came to me. And you should see this guy. I mean, here he is, this very successful, in his comfort zone, he is the leader of the Bill and Melinda Foundation. Can you imagine, Gates Foundation? But when he comes into the world of creating, and he doesn't, and he has to uh, share himself, now that's a whole other thing. So one day, I said to him, it's okay for you to feel to feel this sadness. It's okay to share it. And he started to cry. Never has he ever cried in front of anybody. And he said, I was crying because I've never allowed myself to be imperfect his whole life. Mm -hmm. That's why he's been so successful. So success is great, but it's not as good as happiness. And happiness and success don't necessarily come together the same. And so to me, it doesn't make a difference whether you're an actor, a star, uh, a head of a company, a mother, you know, a family, it, it just doesn't make a difference. It's really hard to be the lead in your own life. Right now, Nate, I know, I because I've known Nate for so long, in his head he's going, wow, this is the best guest to speak to Jason Bailey that we've ever had on oh. this podcast. Because <laughs> what you're saying, I know you don't know this, but you're speaking my language. Nate gets on me all the time for this, for wanting to be perfect and everything should be perfect and the level of success. And my last firing, Nate thinks that's the best thing to ever happen to me. 
because yeah. of this pro. You know, look at him shaking his head. He's like, I'm glad you're not making that money anymore, and we're doing a podcast, <laughs> you know. But there's some truth to that, in which oh. I agree. There's, there's, there's you're, you're. No, I mean it, the thing about it, Jason, is when you out yourself. And this is what I say to my class. So I have classes. My te- I have a studio. I have ten teachers that teach for me. I teach the master level people that are working actors. I have it now on Zoom, which is incredible, and I also have it in person. But the Zoom has allowed me to go to teach uh, people get up in New Zealand at four in the morning. People get from Hong Kong, people from Europe, people from Atlanta. They're all on, and we're all a community. Mm. And this community, two and a half years ago, came together. I mean, it makes me cry just thinking about it because they were willing. It's a willingness, Jason. To be able to be seen, to say, you know what, I'm scared too, or I'm afraid that I'm going to make mistakes, or I'm, you know, actors are so afraid they're going to fuck up. When the best thing in the world is when you fuck up, you're more human. Mm-hmm. That's what's so fabulous about it. So what ends up happening in this group became so, I mean, these these actors, 20 on Monday, 20 on Wednesday, come into this little box that we're in right now. And they are willing to be creative in a way that they've never been before. And they also care about each other. So, you know, now people share, I was scared. Now people share uh, auditioning stories, which are, you know, auditioning is horrendously difficult. Yeah. I'll tell you, Jason. Because most people that want to, that audition want to book, right? Yeah. I mean, why are people auditioning? To book a job. But here's the thing, Jason. Only one person books that job. One out of the hundred people that are auditioning for it. So 99 people are miserable. So why do you make your goal something like that? Why not make your goal the thing that nobody can take away from you? And that's the, the joy of creating. So I teach the joy of creating. I cannot stand these uh, acting teachers who teach perfectionism and intellectualizing <clears throat> and um, to being in your technical mind. Being in your technical mind is getting everything right, right? Being in your creative mind is letting it loose and letting imagination be limitless. Anybody can be an actor like that because you're not an actor trying to impress. An audition, guys, or an interview, you know, if you go on an interview, same thing. You're going on an interview for a job and you're scared, right? And go, oh, my God, what, they're going to like me or not, right? That's the same thing with auditioning. And who are you thinking about? You're thinking about yourself. So therefore, you never can win. So I wanted to tell you the story. You, you had put up in front of you this paper, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, sl- oh. I slayed it, you know, as we do with uh, every okay. episode. I slayed it. Margie Haber. Margie Haber. So, uh, it's, so my name is written Margie Haber over there. So it's not on a, you know, a fancy board. It's, a, it's written. My name is written. So it brought me back to this, which I think will be very helpful for your um, people that are listening. I wrote, I wrote a book uh, 22 years ago. Um, which um, is how to get the job, how to get the part without falling apart, how to get the part without falling apart. And I was scared out of my mind to do that. I had my PR person got me to go on entertainment tonight on CNN. I said, can you get me on a show, which is like a, a really like a bad, bad cable show so that I don't have, so that if I screw up, I can at least try it out. So yes, indeed. I went on this cable show. So meanwhile, I'm sitting on this cable show and I'm so nervous. And this woman is sitting in front of me. And so, I mean, it maybe had about a dollar budget. I mean, there's no budget for this thing. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what are they going to ask me? What are they going to ask me? 
Oh my God, I can't remember it. What if I don't know what I'm doing? After all, I'm supposed to know everything. I'm Margie Haber. My fearful child is at 120 because I'm supposed to be the expert, right? Mm -hmm. And then I look behind me and I see, this is what, I see all the questions in pencil. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. In pencil. And I said, holy shit. How am I going to that, answer that question? Oh my God. And, and then I said, 10 seconds. What am I going to do? Oh my God, I'm going to faint. And, and at that moment, I couldn't breathe. And I was sure I was having a panic attack. I was going to fall down on the floor. And then I thought, wait a minute. What would Margie Haber do? Margie Haber would look at this person, see that person, and, and maybe help them. So I looked at this woman who was quite heavy, putting her purple lipstick on in the mirror. I mean, in the camera lens. And I thought, this person needs my help. I took a breath. And there I was, guys because I no longer was thinking about me. So everything I teach, teach is about relationship. Hold up. Wait a minute. Let's hear from our sponsors. Watkins Law Firm, trial and litigation attorneys. So if it's personal injury, wrongful death, contracts and transactions, landlord and tenant disputes, or just general civil litigation, Watkins Law Firm, dot llc is where you need to go get a hold of tyler watkins watkins law firm dot llc and here's tyler's tip of the day georgia really hates people cutting down other people's trees if you cut down someone else's tree whether you realize it or not you're going to owe them three times the value of that tree and all of their attorney's fees and costs and trust me those can get expensive real quick get a hold of tyler watkins Watkins Law Firm LLC, serving all of Georgia. Next time, talk to Tyler. In the market to build a mountain home or cabin in Western North Carolina, Mac Development Group. These are the people that you need to call. These are the people you need to talk to. MacDevelopment.com is the website currently booking for full-time builds, and they're looking for you to get on the schedule today, providing a premium product in the Western Carolina market, and they are the premium builder in the area. Putting everything together in this amazing 3D software, the process is easy, and it's a one-stop shop with Mac Development Group. MacDevelopment.com. Because of YouTube percenters, Rockland Contracting is booked this year so make your appointment for next year today specializing in deck design and build basement remodel new hvac installation interior exterior painting you need david hawks and rockland contracting get all of them 678-879-3867 and make your appointment for next year plus if you've got any deck designed experience and or framing experience starting out at 20 dollars an hour and need your help rockland contracting llc.com 678-879-3867 help you help your business get to the next level and you do that by incorporating create graphics in there whether it's vehicle wraps corporate events you might be having interior exterior events graphic design and apparel create graphics is a full service graphics company that specializes in graphic design wide format printing and graphic installation excellent customer service where every project is going to get that one-on-one -on -one experience from start to finish creategraphics.net c-r-e-a-t-e-g-r-a-p-h-i-x.net or you can call 770-369-9962 770-369-9962 and back to you jason so there's two things to learn from that story one is the positive which you 
pointed out, which I think most people got. And then from a personal side is me slating on a dry erase board reminded you of some shitty cable show that you were on where every question was in pencil. So thank you for yeah. the comparison. I appreciate that. <laughs> But I, I, I like it. I like it the way it is. I, I'm a very informal person. So the more informal people are, the better. I cannot handle formality. My friend, Ugh. I won't say her name. I hadn't seen my friend. In, I've never been to her house. All right. I've known her for 30 years. She invites me over. I go walk in. Everything is formal. When I say everything's formal, and we're talking about uh, glass and everything's white and everything's marble. And I'm so uncomfortable. Right. So she asked me, do I want anything to eat? I said, no, no, thank you, because I figure I'm going to get it all over the place. Then she sits me on her white couch. She would like something to drink. I said, mm, no, thank you. I'll, I'll have some water. And they brought, she brought it out with a glass this big of a crystal. I could hold, hardly hold it. I could not wait to get out of that place. This is my space. You know, I'm very, I like to be comfortable, hang out, be among my fellow guys that write my name on a chalkboard. I like it. Is a, is this the guest room in your house? Actually, it was my son's room. Well, this is my second That's guest. My son right there and my dog Georgie, who's in the other room. Yeah. That's the Celtics jacket over there because my my family's from Boston, so I went and saw the Celtics when they won two thousand eight. But you use it as a guest room when your son's not there. Mm, I use it really as an office. I've got other rooms. Yeah, I mean, who's the last true. who's the last person that slept in that bed? That's what I want to ask. Yesterday, my sister Lois, who was nice enough to come from Boston for my big party. Okay, because and she needed four pillows. Well, that's me making the bed because it was unmade. <laughs> All right, thank you for for thank you. See, I don't care about these things. Thank you, Jason, for calling that out. <laughs> hey, and remember I, remember the pencil <laughs> story with the cable show? <laughs> this is great. Is this visual? The show, and it's also um, yeah. You get a little bit of everything. Yeah, sure. Great, so I can point this out. Mm-hmm. So I was told, um, you know, you really should uh, get an office and let people see it mm-hmm. when you're on this professional sure. show. Sure. Can I say this is where I'm my part of me? You know, this is it. Lois slept here. My sister Lois. Joan's sleeping in the other room. Mm-hmm. My other friends are sleeping in the other room. I have four bedrooms, and I have them all. They're all here for my, you know, big event. Yeah. Why weren't you here? Well, the the there's three fairly new pillows, and there's one that's had a little bit of head oil on it. It's a little bit now, yellow. This is. I'll tell you something, Jason. You could be an actor. I call a creator because details is what everything's about. When you create a character. Mm-hmm. You create with details. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of the things, I hate to get back to my book because after all. <laughs> oh, we're not forgetting your book. Fuck your No, but I wanted zone. to tell you, I'm going to tell you something that's going to help you all. Okay. So, you know, when you want to be, when you want to be specific, there is a chapter. I'm working with a guy, as I mentioned to you before, named Brandon Scott. Now, and now he's a handsome black dude who, um, if you ever seen Dead to Me, okay, he's just brilliant in it. And then Goliath and God knows what. But what's really interesting to me is the chapter that I wrote called Pieces of Ourselves. And I, I want to tell you why that's important for your audience. I think it's one of the best chapters I have. And what it is is that it's called Pieces of Ourselves. You can see that, yep. right? Pieces of Ourselves. Yep. And there are different pieces. They're called Five Egos. Uh, so, And one of the people, I think Terrell's doing this series there. I'm working with someone right now. Um, I think it's being shot in Atlanta. Terrell Battles doing a series, um, killing killing it. Uh, so I've been working with him a lot. So there are different different uh, stories, but there's five voices. Okay, there's the critical parent. That's the voice within ourselves. So not voices outside. They're within ourselves. 
the critical parent is the voice that puts herself down. Oh my God, you know, I'm too old. I, I, I need a facelift. I haven't done any, whatever your thing is, right? I mean, I'm, I can't remember that critical parent. Then there's the nurturing parent, which is the most beautiful voice. And it's underused, Jason, underused. Mm-hmm. We are, we're okay about nurturing other people, but we're really not good about nurturing ourselves. And nurturing ourselves means, I know what, I love you, Margie. You're a wonderful person. I'm here for you. Just breathe. Oh, the nurturing parent is a beautiful voice. And men do it too, just allowing themselves to nurture themselves. Then the next voice is the fearful child. And that's a voice that makes you feel really, really small and puts us in the world of doubt. Now, I never have doubt in this, Jason, because this is my, I know this thing. Mm -hmm. I believe in myself fully. But I have doubt in a lot of other different areas. So it's where does your doubt, where does your fearful child come out? And then there's the number four was a playful child that says, fuck it. I'm going to jump in all the way. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm going to fly through my life. And then the adult says, don't get, jump out of an airplane without a parachute. You get to class on time, pay your bills. So they're very important voices. But sometimes some voices are too loud, like the critical parent and the fearful child. And you have to calm them down with the nurturing parent, with the playful child. And in, in my book... Brandon Scott talks about, it's a great, it's a great piece that he talks about. Um, he talks about shooting Goliath, and he's on set, and he was, he was scared. Fearful Child came out, doubt. Mm-hmm. Am I, I mean, here I am, a series regular with Billy Bob Thornton. I mean, am I going to be able to come up with what he, he is? And he, it was ironic, because he's sitting there, and, and he comes over, Billy Bob Thornton says... Are you, I know, I'm a little nervous today. I mean, a little nervous. So he, all of a sudden they gave him permission. Oh, you mean he's like me? Hmm. They were all the same. We all have fear. And so what ended up happening was he took his fearful child and he said, fuck it, and, be, and allowed it to become playful. And fear is not a bad thing to have. No. have. What's, what's bad is how we use it. You, you can use fear to excite you, to motivate you. But if fear stops you and puts you, makes you small, that's when it's bad. I agree. So I love that chapter. I'm, when do you, when is your critical parent come out, Jason? Well, Most. first of all, let me say, you, you have a, I don't know if you have a psychological, uh, psychology degree or what, but in psychology, there's something very similar yeah. as far as your, your inner self. There's, there's five different inner selves. And I yeah. think, I think it's just slightly different than how you but, explained it in yours, but it's very psychological. It is. My book has a lot of, listen, I out myself at therapy. I've got therapy sessions in every yeah. one of my, one of my chapters. Right. Uh, I, yeah. I believe in that. Yeah. So th- as far as those five steps, like it seems like in psychology, everything's five steps, you know, Kubler Ross's five steps of death and so on and so forth. So with your five steps, I I couldn't agree more. And everybody has got those that goes back to that anxiety wall that I talk about, you know, where you have to, when that infant child comes out like Brandon Scott, and he's like, I'm, I'm, you have to face it and say, this is what's happening. No matter what I have to let it out and I have to confront it. And once you do that, you get through that anxiety wall. It's the same thing with going on stage, which I was talking about before. I think what, I think your book and everything you've talked about is so helpful 
I mean, I know we start talking about you're an acting coach and this is that, but for people just in general, especially yeah, young people getting into the world, into the you know labor force and this and this and that, I think it's fantastic to learn these types of things because they don't teach these things in school. Right, exactly. I love my book. Yeah. You know, one of the things I, I love, uh, and I do, I love, I love the first book I wrote, but it's really too intellectual for me. It's my, it's a true <laughs> acting book, but I find this book is better for everybody because it teaches you about yourself. But being present is, a, is, a, is my last chapter of the book. And that, as you know, is so difficult for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I can be very present here when I'm teaching, but in other parts of my life, I, uh, I'm not. So one of the things I do is I do this imaginary cigarette exercise. Shall I teach it to you? Please. Are I you like, excited? I, I expect all of you to do this. Is this, Let, is, is this very improvish? Is this like improv stuff? Well, no, this is just me. You just, I'm going to teach it to you. Okay. And then I'll watch you do it. Okay. Right. But it's not, it's not for you to do well. Nothing in my, I never teach to do well. I teach well, to, to people to too, learn. Too bad. I'm going to do it well. I'm sorry. It's just well, how I am. Perfectionism. <laughs> there you go. So the concept is we don't breathe enough. Right. And we don't take time to really see, see, be in the moment. And I need this so badly. So this is what I do. I take a drag of the cigarette. I'm going to do it for you. And then I watch it go by the, the smoke. And then I stop. I take a breath and then I smile. Here's how I go. I have that in the book. Okay. There. But you never exhaled. The smoke's still in your body. I did. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't see you go. Good Lord. That was... I went through it. Your turn. Okay. Are you ready, everybody? I'm going to watch now. Okay. Put your fingers in a, in a cigarette thing like you're going to smoke. Well, hold on. I want to make this a little bit more realistic. I got to pack them first. No, no smoking real cigarettes. Okay. Oh, nobody. See, nobody. Demerge, you can't follow directions. All right. So you have to start in one direction. Come on now. Put your fingers up, Nate. Don't be shy. And go, not a joint, not a joint. Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's a joint position. Those oh, are old bad. days. Well, I live with Mary Wilson from the Supremes. That's another discussion. But here. You smoke it over here. Close your eyes and then follow, open your eyes and follow the smoke and go very slowly, very slowly. When you end, take another second, smile, and be there. What do I do with the rest of the cigarette? Can I smoke it? Flick it. Oh. There you Flick go. it. Wait, wait, wait. Who's out in the background? That's Jill. That's Jill over there. Did you smoke? Yeah. I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Nate's, Nate's a big marijuana I, guy. I anti-cigarettes believe me i'm an anti-smoker i'm talking about imaginary okay so are you is this is this lesson to be learned to take a breath take a step back and 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 not like especially let your emotions take over the moment is that what this is supposed to teach what 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 it is is people don't breathe uh, enough when they get nervous or anxious when they have an interview when they're meeting their in-laws for the first time when when they're getting up on stage when they have to make a speech we we do short breaths so and we don't take good breaths. So uh, very similar. I taught this to myself. It was self-taught because of trial and error. My first, mm-hmm. my first wife, uh, she was she loved to argue, and she loved to you know. And I've got a good memory of stuff, but I just didn't think I would have to have a lot of ammunition in my gun. And she loved to just, I mean, needle, 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 needle. We're still friends. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trashing her. But I, I learned that because I was somewhat of a hothead at that time, and I would let my emotions take over to physically, before I open my mouth, physically take a step backwards. 
Right. And I was very similar to what you're teaching with this, this cigarette gimmick. And I would take a step backwards and I would take a breath because that would give me enough time to let my emotions Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. settle down. Right. Exactly. So I I talk about everything is in your, I talk about in the book, the observing mind at times needs to step up. Because we're, especially actors, are very emotional. There are many, many injured people, and um, and non-actors are the same. Yeah. And so, what we tend to do is be reactive instead of responding. Being reactive, as soon as you do something, I'm very reactive. I have been in the past. I, my therapist does not like me to say now. So I say, I have in the past been very reactive because I'm very emotional. I teach emotions. I teach all this stuff. So I've had to learn to breathe and then check my body out. What's going on? Am I tensing up? Am I, and relax it. And then when I'm getting really getting uh, triggered to move, to distract myself, what you did by stepping back is you distracted yourself, right? And took that moment to be able to be in your observing mind. So you didn't have to react right away. You could respond and that anything like that is fantastic for you to do anything you can do physically to, to shift away. If someone's coming at you with a punch, you know, so to speak, literally, you're going to move this way, right? You don't want to hit with it. Right. So moving physically, the ironic thing, which you did was actually a really great way to not get hit. Yeah, well, you know, and, it's and, a, to, and to change yourself because it's all about me, not the other person. It's amazing we didn't work out because we have so much in common and we think such the same way. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because um, uh, I, I happen to be, I out myself totally in this book. I'm gay. Oh. I have a wife. Um, but I, before that, I, I was with another uh, woman who brought up my, my son, Michael, and I together. And I thought we'd be together for the rest of our lives, you know. But things, we people change, people, and you have to grow. You have to both be willing to grow. Well, that's probably and, why we didn't work out, is because you mm-hmm. later yeah, in life yeah. learned that you were gay. And yeah. I, I would have stayed with you. I love you no matter what, just to let you know. Yeah. I, and I would have stayed with you, Jason. I don't know about the tattoos, though. I'm scared about the tattoos. What are they? Um, it's a satanic stuff. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's uh, God Love Country. My grandmother's initials are in the middle of the cross. And then this oh. is a... Uh, there's uh this is two angels fighting there's a good angel and a bad angel and it's the everyday struggle between good and evil whoa oh, that's very fascinating that's really good thank you very because much. that's human beings isn't it we all are struggling between the good and the and uh, the every, i wouldn't say evil so much every, but it's uh, every day yeah. every day every day uh, i think the way people can help themselves you know i talk a lot about my book um relationships it's all about First, I have to love myself. I have to look in the mirror. This is a, like a thing I write about. You look in the, I look in the mirror and I go, I love you, Margie. You're beautiful. Uh, and I am your Valentine. Aww. You start with that and everybody else is, it's easy for you to love other people. But when you, there's so much self-hatred that people have. And, it, and with the childhood, I, I, everything I teach, Jason, is about empathy and curiosity. If I'm curious about what makes you tick, right, and I'm empathetic as to what what is causing it, I'm going to be a kinder person and we're going to have a better relationship. And all the prejudices that exist, all these prejudices that people exist, whether it be gay, trans, black, Jewish, whatever these horrible things are, 
comes from lack of love for themselves. You know, I mean, I did a, a, a movie, worked with a movie with somebody, and this is a great story. Do you have time for another story? Yeah, I just want Brandon to say he loves himself first because I think that's an invaluable lesson for him. It is. Well, it's for everybody, Brandon. and when you're young especially. Brandon? Uh, you want to say it? Oh. Want Do I say, say my name or myself? You say, you say good morning, Brandon. It's good morning, me. Brandon. It's, it's me. And I love me. I love and you. I love me. I love you. No, I love you. Yeah. Well, you're that's, talk, oh. talking essentially yourself. I love you. Oh, me. Yeah. I love Brandon. He'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> I mean, until then, we'll work on it. With him. <laughs> it seems like it's kind of a struggle. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's a struggle for everybody, though. It is for everybody. It is. I mean, I think you might love yourself more, Jason, now than you did before. I think we grow, hopefully. <clears throat> there, there, is a, there, there is this story that's a really great story. I don't share this very often, but it's such a great story about it because I'm so into we're all the same and no one's better than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? But no one's better than anybody else. So um, I did a, 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 there was a movie I worked with somebody on and we, which she, the movie is about this woman who goes home to her husband and can't find him. He's not there. He looks all, she looks all over the house. She cannot find this guy. <clears throat> and then she figures, well, maybe there's something wrong with me. There's no pictures of him anymore. There's nothing up that, that says that he even exists. But he wrote books. So he, she saw in the beginning of the book uh, a preface by, by this woman named Eve. And so she tracked down this woman, Eve, and they had this unbelievable chemistry with each other. They didn't know what it was, but it was unbelievable. Well, to make a long story short, it turns out that Eve was her husband as a transgender. Mm. That literally, it was why he left. And I had my male students live the life, create the character of Eve, which was so scary for these men. Very scary. So I came in one the first week and nobody had a dress on. I said, Eve wears a dress. You know, they were, they were, you know, literally living in the world of, I don't know if I'm fully going to willing to go all the way with this. And I said to one of these guys, you know, you're very talented. I want, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go to, uh, see, he's Asian. I want you to go to an Asian store. I want you to buy with your wife an Asian dress. And I don't want you to take it off for the entire week until I see you the following week. So that entire week, he wore that dress. He went to the grocery store with it. He went to the pharmacy. And then all of a sudden, something started to happen within him. He realized, see, empathy and curiosity, that he, living this person's life, wanted to wear the dress and then wanted to wear a wig and then wanted to put makeup on, not should for the character, and lived in this person's shoes and understood the shame you feel when people are staring at you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the only way that he was able to live. Came into class the following week, I swear I did not recognize this guy. I didn't know who that was. So owned this person. That's, to me, I'm sharing this because I want all your listeners to know how important it is to live in other people's shoes, you know, before you judge them. And they were all the same. And, and, and I think that's uh, how the only way you can ever be an actor is not to have prejudice. Well, like I said, you know, earlier in this conversation, um, fuck your comfort zone, which is Margie's latest book, um, is 
and by the way, MargieHaber.com is her website, is, is more of a motivational thing. I think, I think, you know, the more people can get information from other people, doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that you have to buy into what other people say. I talk about this quite often, but there's nothing wrong with getting other people's opinions and points of views to come to a conclusion of your own. And I, I think your book is a perfect for that. It's also funny. So we want it, you know, it's easy. It's not the kind of reading, it's not a psychological book where you have to learn terms and read things. It's done with humor. It's done with Margieisms. And so uh, my sister Lois read it on the way home. She said, right. I said, it was so easy. She said, I just read it. It was so easy. I said, did you bring your color marker? No, I I I got through it so quickly. Well, no, no, you don't want to do that. You went, oh, you know, oh, this serves, yeah, this is, oh, yeah, this is me. Oh, yeah, you know. Um, I'm proud of it, too. I really am. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on. And I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You're fantastic. You're phenomenal. I love, love talking. I like the intellect that you possess. And I'm really sad we didn't work out, you know, back in the day. I really am still. Well, we, you know, we did, but we didn't. Don't tell anybody because it was our last life. That's right. That was, God, those were the days, weren't they, March? <laughs> yeah, well, when, when things were just so much easier, weren't they? They were. Uh, fuck Your Comfort Zone. That is the book, MargieHaber.com. Please, if we ever have another chance to speak, remember us and keep us in mind, would you? Yes, and I will. And also Atlanta, you know, I always, I teach in Atlanta, so I'll just have to come by and say hi to you. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, on social media. Are you based in Atlanta? Yeah, I'm in Roswell, just north. That's where my niece lives. In Roswell. Bullshit. I'm not kidding. That's so funny. What does your niece do? Is she an actress? No, no. She's in marketing. She's no, no, no. Her oh. name is Jennifer Kilberg. If anyone's listening, Jennifer Kilberg is my niece and she lives in Roswell. Okay. And she's fantastic. Well, incredible. Je- Jennifer, reach out to me if you need anything from right down the street. I'd be more than happy I'm gonna, to help so you. What is the, so how do we re- how do we find your pat- podcast so I can... Uh, well, podcastthebs.com is our website, and then we're on all platforms, Spotify, uh, iHeart, <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, Google, you name it. And then we have audio or video clips that we call snaps that Brandon okay. and another guy that works with us, uh, Pee Wee, they put on YouTube and all of our social media. So we'll tag uh-huh. you on all that stuff, um, and, uh, and then we'll become the bestest of friends. Okay, send me all the information, and um, also please uh, listen to my podcast as well, and uh, maybe I can have you on my podcast, because, you know, the podcast used to be only for actors and directors and writers, but now it's gone into the world of everybody has to get out of the comfort zone. Well, Nate, you knew this was coming. I don't want to toot my own horn, but... Back in the day, I was a uh, budding young actor with uh, a couple fine featured films and commercials to my credit. Uh, Lots of indie stuff that just didn't quite make it. But, um, you know, voiceover, baby driver for about uh, two and a half seconds uh, from from Earth to the moon. A big extra part because I got to walk across camera. I mean, come on. Oh, Jason, we could have. Why didn't you study with me? Uh, you, you, let me tell you, when you were talking about the uh, the casting call stuff, um, my ego got in the way of yeah. of pursuing an acting career. And uh, living in Orlando, you know, Universal at the time was big, especially for Nickelodeon production. They had their own soundstage. The woman that ran the soundstage, I knew personally, Pam something or another. 
And there was a lot of business in Orlando. They were trying to do what's been done now in Georgia in Florida at the time. A lot of my friends are actors from, from Orlando, or from Florida and blah, blah, blah. And I went to, I forget what the, the job was. It was either a Verizon commercial or as a movie role. It was one of the two. And I remember being in one of these buildings on the back lots and I was already in radio. I mean, I was a nobody, but I was a couple years in radio, big ego, former jock, you know, just this, this narcissistic maniac. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I in the same hallway as these people? <laughs> I, I kid you not. This is how, this is how fucked up my head was. And, yeah, and, and I was, I remember the air wasn't on. I was sweating. I went in, did my audition, thought I did a good job, but I know I did not. And, 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 and I just, I had no direction, you know, but I thought I did because I was two years into the radio business and I had this, what I thought charismatic personality, but I just get, I was like, fuck this. I ain't doing this ever again. You know, I was like, if they want me, they can come and get me. <laughs> oh, wow. How things have changed. You know? So it's funny because we had Alexis Floyd on who plays Neff. Uh, in uh, inventing Anna, and I think she's a, a fantastic up and coming actress. And we were talking about the the casting um, protocol, especially through the pandemic, doing a lot of Zoom stuff, yeah. and how she got the gig, and what she had to go through. And you know, there's just you know, casting directors, as you well know, they know when somebody's got the it factor, you know. And then there's the diamond in the rough, you know, like the Chris Klein. It's not that he's the best actor in the world, but you know, whoever directed American Pie saw him in the hallway at the high school and said, you're perfect for the part. Learn to act, kid. You know, and that's just, it's just right place, right time. It wasn't, it wasn't meant for me. My, 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 my end goal, I guess, from the universe was to be in my basement doing a podcast with these yahoos. I don't know. Well, you know, this is the thing. I think everybody needs to, to make an end on this podcast is that, you know, you, you leave yourself open, guys, because I didn't know who I'd become. I mean, I was I wanted to be a mom, which I did become. I wanted to be a singer, which I was. I wanted to be an actress, for was. But it was my, my real thing <clears throat> is helping other people find their personal power, and that that really is a big turn on to me. Uh, so I want everybody that's listening to know that they're worthy and to say fuck it. And anytime you I, every Monday at uh, three in the afternoon, L.A. time, which I guess is six year time, mm -hmm. uh, I do these free mini classes that so you can jump on. Come on on, Jason. So MargieHaber.com. You can you can sign up for that. It's free. And my podcasts are free. And that's about all. It's for free. But the book is not for free. <laughs> Buy the damn book. So, you know, kind of well, let's end with this. But, you know, there's a line in a movie that I think is so poetic, even though it's made to be funny. And I forget uh, the, the, his real name, but he played Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. He was on Moonlighting with Bruce Willis. And the movie's Risky Business with Tom Cruise. And yeah. and Tom Cruise's character in Risky Business, as most people know, is he's tight, he's very smart, he's worried about his future, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, his buddy um, says to him, sometimes you just have to say, what the fuck? And I just think that's such a great, you know, profound line that people the way to end and say, fuck your comfort on, zone. Fuck. That's it. Fuck your comfort zone. That's it. Have yeah. an end. The other part that's important is take a risk and become the lead in your own life. There you go. All right. Nice to meet you. Margie. Thank you. MargieHaber.com. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. All right. Bye-bye.